0: Hello everyone. I am Mirta Hurtado Rivas. No VIPs or rock stars, just simple people sharing their life stories to trigger discussions around important topics, or simply to inspire us to embrace challenges ourselves. Welcome to LeaderChing. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of LeaderChing in English. Today our guest is Verónica Arquijo, International Legal Counsel. Hello, Verónica. How are you?
1: Hello, Mirta, I'm very good. How are you? I'm fine too. Thanks for being here. Many thanks for the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. So
0: let's dive directly into a couple of questions that I have prepared for you. My first question is, what did you want to become when you were a
1: child? Yeah, well, that's a very interesting question. And actually, since I was a child, I want to become a lawyer. So <laughs> indeed, uh, wow. yeah, it went very well, I must say, because I'm a lawyer right now. Um I always been a problem solver. So I, I really like to analyze things and just to, to try to find a solution. So for me, it always makes sense to, to be a lawyer, to advocate on behalf of others, but I also must confess <laughs> that I had the the intention to be a writer, but of course um i I really want to be a lawyer, so it was like the stronger uh, desire and right now, I can tell you that the uh, dreams come true, and actually I achieve what I really want to do since I was a child, also I'm writing, so I'm combining my two passions: I love and writing so so I'm very pleased about that
0: Wow. That's incredible that you really realized both of your passions. It's it's very lucky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am very lucky because I can combine my two passions, IP law and writing. I must say that I enjoy very much the writing process. Indeed, I think writing is a very creative activity. By doing so, I'm able to analyze and structure ideas in order to convey a specific message. And of course, I also have fun. (laughs) In that sense, uh, the process is not the same all the time. Uh, For instance, if I'm writing during the week, I prefer to do it uh, in the evenings. But uh, during the weekends, I don't have a preference so sometimes I write in the morning um, or in the evening or even in the night. Also there are occasions when I already have the ideas or topics to develop but in other cases I have felt inspired while I'm traveling or doing another activity. In those cases uh, if it's possible, of course, <laughs> I write. But otherwise, I just take notes in order to develop it later. Um, a curious fact is that sometimes I listen to music while I'm writing. So indeed, the writing process is very pleasant. Since the lockdown was implemented, the spy It's a very difficult time for everybody. I have seized the opportunity to write more, but also for doing other activities, which I enjoy very, very much, (laughs) like uh, reading and doing yoga. So
0: let me understand, was there something in your childhood that shaped your desire to become a lawyer or was this something like that came out of the blue more like, I wish that you had court because, because you, as you said you were a problem solver
1: I think both I mean the, the most important reason is because I, I really want to be and it's part of, of the skills I, I have. the desire to be a, a lawyer and to advocate on behalf of others is also part of of, a, of my living experience in my home country.
0: Thank you, very interesting. Um, So, if I understand correctly, you were brought up in Mexico. Are there any particular events from your childhood that you would like to share with us? Anything that shaped you, anything that you remember as, you know, something memorable?
1: I have a very good childhood. Uh, I was raised by wonderful parents, (laughs) I must say. Um, And I remember uh, that I was very happy during my childhood. I used to play a lot with my siblings. I have uh, two brothers and one sister. But um, I also most recognize, and I'm very uh, grateful uh, with my parents because the way they raised me, uh, it's uh, who I am right now. And actually, they they raised us uh, to be very independent and strong uh, people. We are able to face any challenge in life. So yeah, I think that's the most uh, important and valuable lesson I have learned in my in my life.
0: Do you think that th- that those learnings from your childhood had also an impact on your professional life, like the values that your parents um, shared with you?
1: Yes, I think so. Especially the some values. I mean that I think that are very uh, universal. Just to be uh, honest, uh, to respect others. So those kind of values are uh, the type that you are learning from your childhood, how you are raised by, sometimes by your parents, sometimes uh, you are learning learning those uh, values from even teachers or colleagues or friends. But in my case, it was because of my parents and my siblings.
0: Thank you. If we look a little bit at you know, difficulties or challenges that you have had, you know, from your times being a student until today as a professional, you know, as an as international um, legal counsel, is there any challenge you would like to share? And maybe, you know, also explain how you embraced the challenge, how you confronted it, and at the end, how you overcame it?
1: Indeed, I have a couple of uh, examples, but the one that just came to my mind was uh, during the time that I was uh, studying and working at the same time. So I remember uh, a specific uh, period of time that I was attending a very demanding uh, two weeks course. It was, I was uh, looking uh, for attending that course so much during so much time, but it was also kind of curious because at that time I had like a plenty of the plans to comply at the university, but also at my work. So what I did at that time, and I'm still doing that, is that what I'm facing a, a, a big challenge is, if it's possible, of course, to plan ahead. So what I did was planning ahead very carefully and some of the projects a teamwork. So in that sense, uh, when you are working uh, in a team, you need to collaborate, and you need to to work towards the same direction. So I think uh, this is uh, a great example of what we're talking about, uh, just facing challenges.
0: Thank you, Veronica. So now I think if we look at what you just mentioned, collaboration and planning being really key to overcome um, the challenge that you just shared with us, do you think that those attributes or this specific ways of working, you know, having a collaborative style and carefully planning, um, do you think that this is also something that overall you believe is important with respect to professional and personal development?
1: Yes, of course. That uh, I think it's also a key, I mean, for your personal and professional uh, development. I mean, um, we are living in a society in which you need to collaborate. And I must confess that I really like to, to work with uh, other people. I also enjoy when I'm working alone, but I think when you are working with other people with different backgrounds and, and even nationalities, you are learning a lot from them. And it's like very uh, rich experience. So I think without any doubt, it's it's really a key for your, your professional and personal development.
0: Yes, that resonates definitely with me as well. I think it's uh, very enriching to have access to other people and to learn from them and to just, you know, challenge yourself with also other points of view. It makes a lot of sense to me too. So if we... If we consider the topic of collaboration, there is obviously, in most of the cases, also a manager involved, right? Yes.
1: So,
0: in in your view, what is a good leader?
1: Oh, that's a very uh, interesting question. Uh, For me, at least, uh, in my experience, I think a good leader is someone who inspires you. I mean the the real leader that is uh, really coaching and encouraging team members to push themselves beyond their comfort zone. So for me that's a, that's a good leader but I also I think this should come from authenticity. I mean the the true desire that you mm-hmm. want to see others succeed. For me that's that's the key part.
0: That's very interesting actually and it's a very good point because I think that sometimes we have very good managers, but that still need to kind of become or behave according to their words, right, to be really authentic so that actually their team members buy in even more easily, right?
1: Yes, correct. And in that respect, I think uh, there are like some universal values that every leader must have. And at least in my uh, experience, I truly believe that if they respect others, if they are honest and they have integrity, I mean, those values are really the most essential ones to be a good leader. Of course, there are like more skills that you can uh, foster or let's say uh, develop further in order to to be a stronger leader like uh, if you can attend for instance a communication course that help you to 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 deliver a message in a more a a clear way
0: thank you veronica and you you just preempted my two next questions actually which is really funny but i think um let's let us dig a little bit into that because i think you mentioned um two words that, that really are key for me here is that you said, there is some universal values, right? Like, you know, honesty, integrity, respect. And um, I believe that's pretty much true. And I I think pretty much everyone can understand what it means to be respected, what it means to be, you know, integer, what, you know, so those to me also make sense as universal values. Do you believe one can be trained to become a good leader
1: the first uh, thing that I, that uh, you have to to assess is the reason why you want to become a a leader uh, at least uh, from my point of view I think the strongest one is to to see other others succeed uh, and especially if you are working uh, in a team um But in that sense, as I mentioned, I think uh, it's possible to to develop some skills to in order to become a a good leader. Um, But everything is linked to the reason why you want to be a leader.
0: Yeah, I I think it's a very interesting take and I'm not sure that everyone really thinks about that, right? Because sometimes you start working and you kind of end up being in a managerial position because you're asked to take over more responsibility. Right. I think very often the question that I think that you correctly mentioned as, as key as to your reasons, as to why you want to lead others actually kind of is not very present when things happen. They happen. I think, um, at least in my case, that was like that. And, and I only started thinking about your question later, right? When it was about kind of going to the next step, right? From a manager to a leader, mm-hmm. to, to, to really become more, to do more for, for your own team and to start to grow into that ambassador role that we play for our own team members towards the top, but also, you know, to others function. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um
1: okay, and I, would very like, welcome.
0: I would like to connect actually another question with respect to that. And because I have had some of my guests that have said that they actually believe that some of the values that they think are really key for a leader are more related to one gender than to the other. And I wanted to know if you be- if you believe that you know gender plays a role with respect to those values that you just mentioned for a good leader.
1: I I don't think so. I must uh, say that indeed uh, you can heard some comments about. Uh, what he says is expected uh, because you're a woman like uh, you must be delicate uh, not having a strong opinion or uh, you are not going to be a good leader because of you're a woman uh, and in that sense I totally disagree. Uh, I think these uh, universal uh, values I just mentioned can be there uh, by by anyone I mean men or, or a, a woman I don't think the the gender is really playing a a role uh, regarding having or not having these uh, values.
0: Um, I think we already two, the total disagrees (laughs) on (laughs) that. Yes. uh, Um, So if we talk, if we kind of go one step further, uh, because I hear your very clear and loud disagreement with respect to this, do you think that the gender topic, so gender equality, is outdated? Or do you think that we should still continue to focus on it?
1: I recognize that some changes have been implemented uh, in several countries just to achieve uh, gender equality. I truly believe that we need to do more because we are uh, still like in, in half of the of the whole journey to really achieve uh, uh, gender equality.
0: Very interesting take. And um,
1: what I also
0: have noticed is this notion of trend, right? It has become very trendy to speak about gender equality or gender overall, in particular, also with respect to the LGBTQI um, kind of, you know, community and also about diversity. But I would agree with you that it's one thing to kind of talk about it because it's trendy, but it's a very different thing to really personally do something, right, and contribute to reaching at some point gender equality and from there then equality also with respect to all the other differences that we have, right? Um, what do you think is something that each of us can do to kind of keep on raising awareness about this topic?
1: Um, that's a very interesting question, and that brings me to this uh... A statement that I I have uh, heard uh, sometimes, and um, just be the change that you want to see in the world. So I think, of course, these uh, topics are very uh, controversial in in some uh, places, but you have to start with the small steps, and I mean, you need to to start with yourself. Uh, So the first step that I could suggest is to analyze yourself how you behave in that way Um, and I think that could raise awareness regarding if maybe in a subconscious uh, manner you are acting uh, with some uh, bias against maybe gender or maybe uh, diversity issues so I think it's, it's very important to be aware of what are you doing and why you are doing And from that point, you can learn from that and just move forward and improve yourself. Of course, there are also some uh, groups that have been created, especially in our field, um, just to raise awareness. So in that sense, it's also a good uh, option to join these uh, these groups.
0: Yeah, I think, Yeah, I I can corroborate that from my perspective as well. And and I like two elements of what you said just now. The first one being that we have to work on our own cultural intelligence, right? And culture in the sense not only limited to nationality and geographies, but really Mm -hmm. also to different backgrounds, as you mentioned. I think that's a very important point. And the other thing that really is something that, you know, that I've heard very often when we talk about this topic, but that it's actually not so easy. It's really that the the, the in, in, introspective side, right? Look into ourselves, assess ourselves, figure out, are we actually acting without biases? And um, I would like to just mention here, and I will just um, notice in the blurb of our, of our podcast and, 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 and give the reference to our listeners, but there is the the so-called Implicit Project from Harvard, which is about unconscious biases and where one can take tests, actually, and you can do so anonymously, freely, and you can actually... What what I'm trying to do is to take those tests like every half a year or, or every year to kind of check, has my bias changed or have I made improvement? Because all of us have biases. Most of the time, they're unconscious, and it's just good to kind of let them surface so that we can really work on them. But I would agree with you that the change starts with us and it's very difficult to demand a kind of social change just from the top from authorities or within our, you know, companies or law firms that things just happen without actually us contributing to it. So I liked that reference very, very much. And yes, I agree. There, there is a lot of associations and, um, and groups, um, in our field as well, um, as well as elsewhere um, that are kind of trying to keep the, the topic up. Um, I wanted just to know from you, because this is something that I've been thinking about. There is a lot of organizations that have a tendency to exclude men what are you, what is your thinking around that you know there's this kind of groups that um, are in favor of gender uh, equality but then are working on the topic just probably most of the cases only between women talking about it and working only with women what is your view on that
1: yeah i think it can be a very Controversial topic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, to be honest, I don't feel comfortable about that. I mean, just to, if you are trying to raise awareness regarding uh, gender equality, uh, for at least for me, doesn't make any sense to exclude men. And mm-hmm. I must say that I, I have uh, met uh, a lot of uh, men. Really advocating for gender equality. So I think that approach should change.
0: Yes, I, I, that's my view too, but I didn't want to kind of put it out, out there before knowing yours. <laughs> okay. So no, I fully agree. And I would add to, to your point I would add that if we keep the topic just to, to us, you know, women. I think we also, to, to a certain extent, just give a free pass to men. So we are not taking them into consideration. We're not involving them. And finally, to some extent, we're not making them accountable at the same time. So the accountability should be shared, right? Gender yeah. equality and everything that comes together is actually a shared. It's a common accountability that we have. All of us, um, in order to make this Cause progress and to finally see some further change, even though we have already achieved some change, but to work on it together. And this doesn't mean that only female associations cannot exist, but I believe that even those associations should then kind of try to bring in men to make sure that, you know, what you're working on is still feasible, right? Because if, if we want to change things on our own by excluding half of the world, that's going to be pretty much exactly what men have done in previous decades or centuries. So I don't think we want to replicate the same story, but rather collaborate, go back to your your collaboration that you mentioned early on. It's only by collaborating with others that we can solve complex issues as gender equality or similar.
1: Yes, I totally agree. Okay, so
0: we are getting towards the end of our conversation. And I wanted to raise this last question. If you were speaking to Veronica in her 20s, what advice would you give her?
1: I think a very simple advice just to enjoy life and always remember that the greater the obstacle the stronger you will become so never give up that would be my advice to myself (laughs) (laughs) wow and if you were
0: to give yourself advice today would that advice be different or would it be the same?
1: I think it could be the same especially uh, the challenges that we are facing right now so I think that's that's a very good advice, just to be positive. I mean, all the time we are going to to face a problem, so you need to, to be strong in order to, to overcome them. So I think it's still valid today, especially today.
0: <laughs> well, um, that sounds like a very, very good, good closing to me for this conversation. So um, for all our listeners, keep up the good mood, keep up the positivity, embrace your challenges, as just uh, Veronica shared with us. Veronica, many, many, many thanks for having shared your experience and your views with us today. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Take care. Bye.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: I hope you liked this first episode of Leadership in English. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a thumbs up. See you next time.